For a long time, we were convinced that African countries need the West, that without the West, African countries will not function because they fund our budgets, they fund healthcare, they fund education, they give us aid, they give us humanitarian aid when tragedy strikes, but that is far from the case. It is now coming to light. The more and more we learn about the power that Africa has in terms of natural resources, its people, and even its location, that many of these Western countries are sustained by Africa, African minerals, African resources, African food production, African labor, and just Africa as a continent in being the way it is. And that's why many of these people would like to keep Africa stagnated and least developed so they can keep enjoying the benefits that they get from the continent. France needs Africa. Africa doesn't need France. The president of France once confessed that if it was not of what we are doing in Africa, there wouldn't be a country called France. It is sustained, literally, by African minerals and natural resources. So, fighters, please. Hi guys, how are you doing? Welcome again to another episode of these sessions. My name is Indira Oganga. I'm a business journalist by profession and I come on here to talk about everything Africa, black people, black empowerment, and how we can rise up to the occasion and take our rightful place in the global scene. Today, I want us to discuss about the place of Africa in a very objective point of view. Growing up, and even when you read headlines and all that kind of stuff, the West was very glorified and Africa was vilified. It was a dark continent that had disease, poverty, and hunger. It's almost as if nothing good could have ever come out of this place. But in that happening, there were still Western powers and Western people on the continent that deliberately refused to leave, that owns huge tracts of land, that continue to leech on our natural resources, that will do anything, bribe anybody, kill, supply weapons, do whatever it is that they need to do in order to be in the continent and control the natural resources that we have and produce on this continent because they know the value that these things have in the global economy. Take a random example, DRC for example, a country that has been in civil war for over 10 years, yet the war continues. If you're fighting, no business is going on. Kenya had clashes, civil clashes, nothing compared to DRC for two weeks. And the way the economy tumbled, it's not a joke. So tell me how a country can be fighting for 10 years consecutively. Who is funding that war? And at what cost? DRC has gold. It has um, diamonds. It has timber. It has... Um, it has a lot of resources. Most of the stuff, lithium that goes into batteries, can be mined in DRC. Um, most recently, they have electrically charged stones in DRC. So you tell me, if you have common sense, who is funding that war and at what cost? And the cost is what we want to discuss today. Because I, the more I read and the more I listen to global leaders, particularly of African descent, I get to realize that a lot of games and manipulations are being played. For example, most recently, Julius Malema was speaking about something that's very pertinent. I mean, I, I, I just went on a rabbit hole consuming all of Julius Malema's content. And he was talking about the Pan-African Parliament. Now, this is a parliament of 
legislators who come together to discuss uh, economic development in Africa and just how Africans can be more engaged in development, leadership and progression of the African continent and growth of the African economy. And this parliament is very powerful because it has advisory powers at the African Union. So they can advise on budget, they can advise on development, they can advise on several things that are very key. Now, where it gets interesting is that France has been recently or previously accused of trying to manipulate elections of the Pan-African Parliament. They're very keen on who becomes the leader of the parliament, who sits in that parliament, because they have their own vested agenda. And when you look at it from the surface, you might be like, oh, they're just our partners. They're trying to support development. They're trying to ensure that because Africa is still a budding con uh, continent, democracy is still, you know, at teething stage that no they're not they're not because what did i just tell you a couple of minutes ago i told you that this is a parliament that has influence at the au in terms of budget in terms of development in terms of projects and so if you have influence in such a parliament it means that you have influence all the way up to the AU, then it means that your multinationals can come to Africa and operate with impunity and they will not pay the price because the country is as connected as all the way up to the African Union. And that's what Julius Malema is calling out and saying, you cannot be looting our resources, doing business in very scrupulous manner, and also trying to meddle and interfere with politics and governance on the continent. Since its formation, PAP has not had any president from the northern and southern region. The east, the west, and central region, dominated by Francophone countries, have historically used their numerical strength to block the practice of rotation. Despite the AU's advice that PAP must comply with the rotational principle, the dominant region sought to ignore this and proceed with elections. Over the years, France has manipulated these numbers to impose a candidate of their choice. This explains why during last-term elections, the France foreign minister addressed PAP without initially being scheduled in accordance with the program soon after a francophone candidate was elected. Similarly, it is no coincidence that the President Emmanuel Macron's visit to South Africa coincided with PAP's program to elect a president, which means Macron, like his Minister of Foreign Affairs, was meant to give a surprise visit and address the Pan-African Parliament with the hope that PAP will have elected their supported francophone candidate. The refusal to implement the principle of rotation was to make way for the highly sponsored Mali candidate who landed with a private jet in South Africa. However, thanks to the resistance and formidable spirit of the Southern Caucus, supported by the Northern Caucus, and all progressive members of the Pan-African Parliament, France's plot was defeated. We call on France to stay out of African affairs, in particular the Pan-African Parliament. In raising these issues, the French ambassador in South Africa reacted, reacted to um, some of the claims that Julius Malema had raised and some of the demands that they were raising in just in terms of French meddling. And I have never met very arrogant people in my life and very tone deaf and very entitled people. The French ambassador said that France is not responsible for 
the problems that are going on in Africa. Just take a moment, let us think in. Frank is not responsible, France is not responsible for the problems that you have in Africa. Excuse me, Mr. Man. Excuse me. Anyway, you might think that I'm making this up. Just listen to what he had to say. Uh, the EFF uh, came to us uh, legally and peacefully as a demonstration, so it was normal to engage a dialogue with them. So we uh, took over their, their message and their, uh, their statements. But the, the problem is, uh, you know, they are blaming France for all the problems in, in Africa. Uh, we are responsible for, for everything. I mean, France or the West or uh, someone else, there is always someone to blame, you know, for all the, the challenges of, uh, of Africa. So today is France. And uh, we don't see uh, scapegoating uh, as, uh, as a proper policy. Uh, I think it's not fair to scapegoat uh, or to blame uh, France. So what we answer is that France today is a partner of Africa, is a friend of the African nations. We stand for an independent Africa, a sovereign Africa, and we want to strengthen our bonds with Africa. For me, it's the entitlement and the blatant refusal to accept the role that some of these colonizers played in derailing the economic growth of Africa and the atrocities against human rights and human beings that they committed here, but the continuous meddling and constant denial, like you are doing something that is not right, rather than even denying it and almost laughing at my face and saying nothing. Say nothing, but do not try to insult my intelligence as an African by saying that, no, 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 we're not responsible for your problems. Actually, if you pick a history book and read it, you realize that 50% of the problems that Africa go through were caused by you, right? We do not refuse to take responsibility and accountability for some of the problems that we're currently going through because it's our own doing, but, but you also have to take responsibility for some of for the part that you played in getting us here and julius malema says that entitlement is misinformed is 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 blind is is ignorant to reality because africa does not need france as much as france needs africa for the sheer survival of france africa must exist france needs africa africa doesn't need france the president of France once confessed that if it was not of what we are doing in Africa, there wouldn't be a country called France. It is sustained literally by African minerals and natural resources. So, fighters, please. Well, guys, that's all I had for you on this episode. You let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about what the French ambassador did. I think in the next video, I will dissect the whole video that he did so you can have a proper understanding of how some of these people think and how they perceive Africans in general and the role that they play on the continent because it's appalling. They, there are no words to describe it. Anyway, thank you for watching. I'll see you again next time.